Hello and welcome. We are back with another episode of your favorite podcast, the See For Yourself podcast. I am your host today, free-legging best ever man, and uh, I am joined by... Uh, uh, I, I'm James. They, they told me not to listen to the other podcast, so I, I came on this one. James told me not to listen to the other podcast, so I came on this one. Is that a German name? Yeah, it's uh, on my mother's side. Oh, lovely. I, you know, I've never heard it before. I like it. I like it a lot. This week, we will be watching a 1988 classic, Brain Damage, and the plot summary goes as follows. One morning, a young man wakes to find that a small creature has attached itself to the base of his brainstem. The creature gives him euphoric feelings of happiness, but demands something grim in return. Uh, this is an episode where I have seen the film, and our dear friend James, I was kicked off the other podcast, has not seen the the, uh, the, the movie. Uh, so, James, we're going to turn to you now and see if you got any insights on what you think this movie's going to be about. Oh, this is clearly about codependent relationships, right? Ooh, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. Um, so this, uh, I don't know, that's what jumped out at me when you were like, latches onto his brainstem, mm-hmm. gives him euphoric feelings... Demands something in return. So I'm sure that this is going to have some grim horror aspect to it, but uh, I'm trying to learn here and do the smart movie thing. And so this screams codependent relationship to me. Okay. Just, just about that that latching on and the euphoric feelings. And the grim thing, monogamy. That is certainly very grim. <laughs> Taking it to a real dark place real fast. <laughs> right up there with Nightingale. Oh. <laughs> But, Just as bad. Yeah, equally as bad. Uh, probably worse, really. <laughs> Do you, are there any scenes that you can imagine in your head that are just going to like really pop out to you? Like as Before you see it, you're like, this is going to be in the movie for sure. This thing. When did they make the movie? 1988. Oh, God. I really hope that they... Did you see the um, the Brady Bunch movie where, where Alice cooks the mushrooms into the spaghetti? No. Have you not? No. Oh, God. All right. So I, I think I've seen a lot of Brady Bunch, but I don't think I've ever seen the movie. So, uh, I don't know if it was, like, the second movie or the first movie. I'll just ramble on, because it's, like, it's a really bad movie. A lot of incest jokes, by the way, so I think you should watch it for that. Wait, like, like straight up, oh, yeah, wouldn't it be crazy if I, the mother, had sex with my own son? No, it no, like it's, kinda... uh, there, there's a whole subplot where, um, the two, the oldest boy and the oldest girl, the oldest boy is like, I'm 16, I'm a man now, and so I'm moving into the attic. And the oldest girl is like, that's not fair, I also want the attic. And so, uh... Mr. Brady goes on to his whole, uh, like, four-and-a-half-minute-long speech about family and togetherness, and they have to share the attic. So they have, they hang a curtain between them, and he's like, fine, you stay on your... And then, like, there's her silhouette as she's undressing, and, and they, they get close for a kiss, and uh, I think it's implied that they fuck. It's heavily implied, because it's awkward for the entire movie, and they keep bringing it up. Okay. This might be one of the films we have to watch for the for the podcast. But what what how are you how are you connecting this with brain with brain damage? God, now I now I got to get there. Oh, so yeah, you're like so it's it's in the 1980s, and uh, all right. So I'll tell you this other scene. So um, a con man is trying to steal a statue from the Bradys, mm-hmm. and so he comes back and he's like, "Mrs. Brady, you don't remember whatever her fucking name is. I'm your ex husband, and I oh I thought you were dead, and um." So he's actually like a shitbag con man, and so he's he's living at the house for a little bit. Alice the maid finds mushrooms in his backpack and was like, I'll whip him up a meal that he'll really like, and puts it into the spaghetti. And they go into a musical scene with Technicolor cartoon graphics, with, with him being on mushrooms. Wow, I, I hadn't realized that they'd made the best scene in the film ever out of a Brady Bunch <laughs> setup. 
So, uh, so when you said, so 1980s, euphoric feelings, there's going to be cartoon Technicolor overlay. Okay. Okay. That's, <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I do know there are some interesting visuals in this film. I, I remember that pretty distinctly. I don't know if that specifically is covered or not, so I'm I'm also interested to see that. Do you think uh, 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 that we're going to watch the Brady Bunch movie? Because we have to now. Yeah, I feel like you've you've sort of called called us in on that one. You're going to have to provide me with a copy of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Make sure you get the right one. I, I feel like there, there there's are, another one that's not as good. If there are two Brady Bunch movies, there's probably one that kind of sucks, and then one that's like out there. This is the one that I remember from my childhood, and. Going back and watching it, I watched it with Ashley recently, and I was like, I did not realize they laid so heavily on the incest there. Jesus. It is a heavy subplot in the movie. I mean, I, I don't know. There's a, there's a part of me that wants to be like, well, you know, you, you do whatever you can to have a provocative film. But then there's a part of me that's like, that just seems really inappropriate and just they would, unnecessary. They laid the foundation for stepbrother porn. Yeah, like that's that's step one in the three step process that ends with I'm I'm I look like a small girl, but I'm actually a nine hundred year old dragon. Yeah, <laughs> like no, that was in the third movie. <laughs> in the third film, we find out that the youngest daughter is actually several hundred years old, and she starts dating all the older men in the neighborhood. <laughs> Uh, uh, how familiar are you with like older uh, B B movies? I'm not. That would be brain damage. For the record, is considered a B movie. It's is it? Yeah, it's pretty so, low production. So how do you actually? Is that what it is? It's low production. I mean, I've always heard of it as being like I know what a B list actor is, and that's just like not not Will Smith, but yeah, it's just Will Smith. It's, it's just him. Uh, Chris Rock. That's another one. <laughs> he, he's also he's basically Will Smith. Though. Yeah, he's just Will Smith too. <laughs> a B movie, uh, as I understand it, and I really should pr- probably try to get like the textbook definition of it. But my working definition of it is that it is like a lesser known production company. They're not like well known, and they specifically have not as much money. They're trying to make cheaper films that will potentially make them enough money to become a well known um, production right. company. And typically, they lean into like horror films because horror is a lot cheaper, and it has a lot of potential to uh, make a lot of money. I think my favorite, like, B-movie production company that ended up kind of, like... They never, like, made it, made it, but they did make a lot of fucking movies. Uh, Full Moon Productions, I believe it's called. Uh, If you ever see Full Moon Productions before you're watching a film, it's typically just going to be a wacky, like, outlandishly strange film. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I just just love that. I think if you're making a B-movie, you already know, like, well, the production value is so low, this is already kind of not going to be that good. Just go there, then. Just, like, go go wide, go tall, go go crazy with it, you know? I've always, um, the few B-movies I've watched, it seems to me that they're, like, at least how it feels is that we know the movie's going to be bad, so we have to show tits. Have to show tits, and then something... I, I see the outlandish thing, but it's always been poorly done in the ones I've seen. Like, I told you about uh, that movie Ooga Booga or something like that. Okay. And, I, I have uh, not seen it, but... Oh, that's another one we'll have to watch, because it's a bad movie. Okay. Um, God, what's what's the plot there? White supremacists rob a convenience store, and a black guy that's in the back of the convenience store gets shot. But uh, the bullet also hits the Slurpee machine, and so as he's lying there dead in spilled Slurpee juice, an, elect- an open electrical connection crosses with the Slurpee mix and transports him into a very racist figurine with bone through the nose and spear. And then he gets his revenge. Wow. Um, I don't mean to take this here immediately, but uh, there is a 
JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fight that kind of plays out almost exactly like that. So we might need to watch that episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And then watch the movie. And then you can tell me if this is like, like the movie or not. I don't know. Oh, and there, there's, uh, there's a rape scene in it, so you'll like it. My favorite flavor. <laughs> so, so are you predicting that there will be nudity in this film? Like full frontal uh, female nudity in this? Yeah. In, in brain damage? Yeah. Which is weird, because like the, a female protagonist was not... Is the organism naked? That latches onto so that's the question. What do you think the organism will look like? The the, the creature that latches it's, onto him. Well, that's the thing. It says small. It says small creature. And I don't know when when somebody says creature, I like automatically think something furry. Okay. Um. But but then latches onto his brainstem. So I'm gonna say it's gonna look like a leech. Okay. So like sort of a black squiggly little. Maybe even like I'm not sure on the color, but definitely like that that shape like. Um, you know, like tadpole-esque or something Looks like more that. more like an organ than an animal? Yeah, like like a lamprey or something like that. Okay, okay. So, you ever, you ever watched the first Alien movie? Yeah. You know how at the end of the film, Ripley, like, kind of tries to, like, call out to, like, other ships to, like, come save her, basically? Mm-hmm. At the end of the original ending, it was going to have that same monologue at the end where Ripley, like, calls out and says, like, hey, I'm on, I was on the Nostromo, we had it, blah, 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 blah. But instead of Ripley recording it, it was going to come in and show the alien recording it. And it was Ooh. going to show that the alien could speak the whole time, basically, or it could at least mimic human speech. Right. So, my question to you is, do you think that the brain-damaged creature will speak at all? And will it be actually speaking with, like, thoughts and intelligence of its own? Or will it mimic speech? Or will it not talk at all and it won't be, like, clear if it's, like... I would like to see a progression similar to Little Shop of Horrors, where it's, like, it starts off as this leech thing, and mm-hmm. then, like, after it's sucking on brain juice, it's like... Actually, you should kill the man. Okay, okay, I like that. Are there any other? Are there any other like striking themes that you think like this is a thing they're going to have to talk about? You talked about like co- the, the codependent relationship. I'm so dialed in on that that you if it's not about that, I'm going to be so fucking okay. dissed. I feel like this is my genius moment. This is the point. <laughs> like cosmic brain, I've I've figured it out. What is your What is your non cosmic brain brain trying to tell you? It might be about? Like, what is your it's most just, base instinct here? It's just gonna be... No, because it's gotta be about something, right? Sure. So, alright. Give some euphoric feelings, mm-hmm. but then ask something horrible in return. Yep. Body dysphoria. Oh, okay. Like, I, I, like, I, like, here's the euphoric feeling, but, like, you don't need that hand. Like, that hand's stupid. Like, cut off the hand. Or, like... Oh, okay. So you're saying that the thing that he's asking for that's grim in return is other parts of the person's body. Yeah. Of the, of the guy's body that he's in. in maybe, maybe of. yeah, maybe even, uh, you know, leaning further into that and be like, here's the euphoria, but, like, I'd like to control the body and go out to the bar one night, like uh, like in Cyberpunk, where it's like, no, 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 give me control, buddy. I'm starting to think that maybe you are just too dialed into galaxy brain <laughs> ideas. You have, you have, I've tainted you. It's both. It's... James, it's both. It's uh, both of those things at the same time. You figured it out. We're not even going to watch the movie. No, we, what, we what? already... <laughs> I'm, I'm downloading the Brady Bunch right now. <laughs> what, can they, what can they cover in like one hour and 25 minutes that you didn't already cover in the first 10 minutes of our recording here? This is going to be like the replacements. I'm like, I could have had a better ending than that. <laughs> it's literally going to be like the, the first scene. He's just going to be like, have the... the the leech is going to get on him and it's going to clearly look exactly like a leech. Yep. He's going to like start sucking his, his brain out and he's going to be like, wow, I feel really codependent on you. <laughs> and then the, 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 the leech is going to like turn and be like, actually, since I've been sucking on your brain juice long enough, I've absorbed some of your intelligence. And what you really don't need is that hand of yours. Just feed it to me right now. <laughs> Anyways, 
let's watch this Brady Bunch movie. And then the rest of it's just the Brady Bunch movie. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. <laughs> Is that the... <laughs> That's it. We finished the Brady Bunch movie, and it cuts to the leech on the couch with a small man sucking on his brain stem. Yep, yep, yep. And the guy... <laughs> <laughs> the leech is now like driving the car to like work and everything. He's just like, oh lord, it's been a rough week. I love it. A little too much incest in that movie, don't you think? And then the guy's just like, they're like, oh. <laughs> he's like, yeah, me too. Well, I think that is enough for us. I feel like almost all of that is probably going to be usable. So we're just going to hop right into the movie, and we will we will come back and talk about how horribly correct James was. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And we are back from watching uh, Brain Damage. Uh, James, James, go ahead and uh, go ahead and go ahead and tell me what you thought. How did you feel about the movie? I, I, my movie was better. Your movie was better. <laughs> my uh, my my themes and subplots would have been so much better. Do you think that your themes and subplots were com- just they weren't in the film at all? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't feel any of that. Um, codependent, sure, but not on relationships. This was very clear about, uh, drugs. I think that the drugs, like, metaphor and, like, even, like, the heavy-handed aspect of, like... Because it's, like, it sort of, like, starts off as a metaphor and then it very quickly becomes, like, no, it's drugs. We're doing drugs. Right, well, it was, like, uh... God, even, even at the, like, the first time Elmer does the thing. It's, like, little hypodermic needle with, with whatever coming out of it. It's, like... You can see that that's clearly sort of like, oh, this is just like heroin or something like that. Then later on, they're like, and by the way, kids, in case you missed it, this is he's getting juiced. And then they're like, and by the way, if that was too too much for you, we're just getting high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of that. I, I do think that they, they, they did do like a, a little thing on relationships. They did do a little thing on codependency. But I will say that like even the aspect of it that was like trying to talk about codependency... It doesn't really, right? Because Elmer is so not dependent on his victim at all. Like, it very much is a parasitic relationship and not one of codependency at all. He doesn't need the person to do any of the killing for him. In fact, it kind of just seems like he does that because, you know, a lot of times... I was thinking about that, where it was, uh, like, for a second I was like, is this just for the sake of the plot? Because I'm like, what's stopping him from just, like... (laughs) leaping onto, like, the next person to pass by and just, why didn't he eat Brian's brain? Like, I think that the reason for that, like, if we were to try to, like, be as kind to the movie as we could, was established in the, like, the, he needs to be in some body of water, and it just so happens that people are basically bodies of water. Like, if he's, like, attached to a person, he can, like, use them for for a source of water, effectively. But he does spend a lot of time outside of water, like, he doesn't even spend most of the movie inside Brian. Like, it's only at the end where it's like, oh, he's in his mouth now. Well, so, and, and that's where it's unclear. Is it, like, when he's latched onto him, is he just, like, sapping water off of him at that point? Like, I don't I don't know exactly how it works. And, at, like, is it only at the end when he's inside of Brian? Or what has he been, like, going inside of and outside of him throughout the whole film? And it only shows it at the end. And, like, does does the juice actually have to be injected into the spinal cord? Because, like, he seems to be having a grand old time when he's just having it spewed over him in the bathtub. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point, too. It doesn't seem very clear exactly, like, how this works. And what is stopping Brian exactly from, like, basically just doing what the old people did? Uh, Juicing him? Yeah, like just, to- like, just squeezing it out of him. Uh, at the end of the movie, they did that to... Uh, 
to Aylmer, and it feels kind of like Aylmer, as he described their the, his relationship with the uh, Martha and uh, I think his name was Morris. I don't remember. It's like Martha and another right. old person M name. He says he describes it like they literally were squeezing him dry. Uh, so it kind of feels like maybe they they were doing that. So what's stopping Brian from doing it? So it does feel kind of like confusing in that way. Um, but I don't think the movie is terribly concerned with these sorts of things. Right. I'm will, I'm willing to give them all of that for the sake of like moving along the plot and stuff like that, and like just accept that this is how the world works. Yeah. And it, it does seem like if you were if you had the opportunity, it would be easier to have a patsy for these kinds of things, right? Right. But I don't see why he's so like attached to the one guy. Like, uh, I don't see why Brian is special in any way. Why can't he just be like, ah, Brian, you're becoming difficult. I'm going to go find somebody else. If you're asking questions, I can literally just, like, hop onto a shower man. Oh, God. Can we talk about shower man? Jesus. For him to... Gosh. I gotta find out if, like, he's famous for something. Because, like, everybody else looks like, oh, we got a dude to, like, play a biker. And we got another dude to play a a druggie. And and then they got uh, fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger's spotter. That guy who was clearly doing like a like a not an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression per se, but very much like a strange accent. He's seemingly for no reason. He's definitely like he didn't belong in that halfway house. Like I have no idea what he's doing there. The guy that he was with, like it, he looked like he was there. He, that wasn't even the same guy. Like it was fat biker dude and druggy going yeah. to a room, which yes. I assume is like a room room. Yeah. And then and then Brian goes to a shower, like this communal shower. Where a man who clearly doesn't belong in the poor side of town is living. Yeah. Even the guy that they ended up killing in the uh, the bathroom stall, he looks like like a normal guy, basically. Right. You know, not like someone who's potentially selling drugs and not like someone... Well, I guess, like, in 1988, being a black guy was enough to be potentially selling drugs. Right. But, like, I, I, I did like that, like, the first black guy in the movie was a... He's, like, a security guard. Like, maybe even more than a security guard. He had, like, a badge and everything. Like, a, right. and a gun. Like, that seems like he's basically a cop at this point. That's kind of right. cool for a 1988 movie. So I thought that that scene um, where basically he's trying to get off the drugs, go through the uh, the relapse and stuff like that. Like, that was probably, like, the scene in the movie that touched me the most, you know? It felt the closest to what you were wanting. Yeah, that, and or at least, like, the closest to something that I could parallel to real life like because that that's a traumatic thing trying to get off drugs and stuff like that especially those harder drugs like heroin or like exactly uh, which which is i i think that's what they're likening this to like this is supposed to be he's the heroin alien like that that's definitely what it seems like and so for him to like get almost all the way through that and be like no no i really need i mean i guess we don't know how long he was in that room but yeah for him to go through like all the symptoms would be almost in the clear and then give up on that like that's that's tragic to see it does, yeah, it feels like it's somewhere between a couple of hours and, like, several days. Maybe even a month. Like, it could have been a very long time. Uh, they didn't give, like, a very good description of that. I really liked the scene where the old man first accosts uh, Brian, and he's like, hey, you know... Rattling get, off his history lesson. Yeah, like, that, that felt really good to me, because, like, so much of this movie has been made to just be like... Yep, the, the movie starts off and the old people have the alien and it's just in their bathtub inexplic- inexplicably, like... Which would have, like, given everything else that we just accept, like, that would have been fine. Yeah. Like, he didn't have to do that, but I really appreciated the world building. I almost wish that they had done more with that. Like, they have 
the uh, the drawn in special effects for lightning and stuff like that, and we didn't get some cutscene to like Roman era Caesar with the fucking leech on his neck. That could have been really cool. Now that you're mentioning it, I'm thinking like it's cool of them to even just describe it, but it might have been even cooler to like have these like shitty makeshift scenes of and like. Then he, then he paid the pirate to go steal it, but that didn't work out the way he planned. Yeah, yeah, and, and like, like, and then the, the the Archbishop of the Church, like, and it, like each of those, like each one of those, I'm just like, this is so cool. Right. I'm loving this. And, like, the guy, like, even in the opening scenes, we sort of made fun of the fact that he's got these, like, what, the, what the appear fertility to be... idols. Yeah, what appear to be, like, uh, African fertility idols in his, like, ap- apartment before he delivers the animal brains. But uh, it's it's literally just them ex- establishing that this guy is a, like... Researcher, historian, yeah, something like that. he's, like, like a doctor of anthropology or something. Like, he clearly studies, like, human cultures around the world or, or whatever... Maybe he's just, like, a world history doctor or something. Who's to say that's how he knows all that stuff, is he's, like, done his research, basically. And maybe, like, uh, Martha was meant to be, like, an anatomy sort of specialist, and that's why they had all those, like, drawings of, like, the human body and, like, you know, the the muscles and the the organs and everything. Right, like, he was able to track her down, and she was the one to be like, and we can just feed him calf brains, and and that'll sustain him. I did, I I was hoping, as I was watching it, I was like, man... Because he, the, the old man says, like, you're making him stronger by feeding him human brains. And I'm like, dude, is there going to be, like, a Super Saiyan version of uh, Elmer, like, at the end? Like, where he's like, I've had enough human brains now. I've become the right. Omega it's Elmer. Just, like, he's a leech the whole time. He's like, and then he's got an arm. Yeah. That would be so cool. But they didn't do that. And I'm like, there's a part of me that kind of wanted it. I do like the way that they ended it, where it's like, you know, what happens when... Because, like, that's something that's, like, very lightly explored, where it's like, uh, oh, what is it? Oh, I've changed your chemistry. Your chemistry is different now. You need me. And it, and it, it, it seems to be sort of true. And it's like, uh, that's cool, but, like, how, how much further can we go with this? And I think right. that the ending of the film is, like, if you get too much of it, if it changes your chemistry too much, this, like otherness is like revealed inside of yourself you know like this wild crazy like beyond human comprehension type shit i know that that was definitely the part where i was like god what do, what do i think of this because the whole time it's like okay this is all right i, I can accept that this is about drugs and uh, and uh, the addiction and you know even him losing control of himself towards the end of the movie and him knowing that and just being like i have to accept this this is my life now but th- then we get to the end and it's like whatever Nobody else got the juice, and they all see the colors coming out of his fucking window. And like, is this is this how future Elmers are born, or did he just become God? I do, I do like how they ended it on that, and it's so ambiguous, and it feels like another thirty minutes for this movie could have given us a lot more crazy stuff, and it takes like a lot of ambition to just say, and that's it. Like, you, you get to see into the center of the universe through this man's skull, and like, that's the end of the film. Instead of like. You see into the center of the universe, and then out comes, like, 50 Aylmers, and they're, like, you know, taking over the world or something, you know, like, and a modern, not a, not a, not a B, B movie, but an A movie might have tried to, like, set up for a future film that way to, like, right. you know, try to get more movies out of it, like, oh, and then these 50 Aylmers jump out, and the town's a wreck, and, like, you but, know. But these guys, like, they finished that one, that scene, and they're like, all right, we're closing the doors. Closing shop now, boys. I do, um, on the note of, like, some of the... What, what, what were some of the more horrifying scenes for you? What was, like, the scariest part of the movie? Because this is a horror film, but there's none of those jump scares that you're always, like, less Right, I, I was always complaining about those. I still complain about those. 
Uh, but you didn't I, seem scared at all this movie. I don't, no, I don't so none, none of it was like horribly gruesome. Like I think part of the B movie aspect is that they're like they did the I'm just spraying chocolate syrup everywhere type thing, um, which I guess for the era was probably terrifying. Like they're like, oh god, that's that's blood. That couldn't be anything but blood. That's horrific. Was it? Was but, there any part though? I guess I guess what I'm getting at is, there, was there any part that you were like, this is close to being scary? Mm. Probably the train scene. Like, probably that one at the end. Just because, like, those were characters we're invested in. Mm. Like, especially because we just had that scene. It's like, don't... You can't be here when I get back or or you'll die. And it's like... And then she follows him and then it's suspenseful. And I'm like, this could be terrifying. Like, this is very close to, like, modern horror. Um, like, where you know that there's something that's going to... Something bad that's going to happen. An active threat that's, like, right around the corner. The movie keeps reminding you that it's right there. It's not right. something that you've forgotten about. And you know that this is, like, a, a thing that she's, like, standing right next to and she doesn't realize it. But they, like... Uh, so, yeah, they're, her peeking around the pillar, like, he could have popped out and that would have been the jump scare and that would have been modern stuff. For a second, I thought the guy on the train that was across from him with the basket with the lock on it, I thought he had a second ailment. <laughs> I thought that was going to be the end of the movie, uh, which is why I don't like to ask how much longer the movie, because you can kind of guess what's going to happen when, sure. you, when you know there's only so much left. So I was waiting for everybody on that fucking train to have an ailment. <laughs> that that would have been really neat. Do you think that, that that basket has any like significance at all, or was it just there? It was it was so prominent in that scene. It's got to yeah. have something, right? Yeah, tell me. Tell me. What, what does it mean? What I, is it, why was it there? Because he had an ailment in it. Yeah, is that it? That, that, that's all I can fucking think. Of help, right help me out. Prove, prove to me. Convince me. I mean, he had that same look. Like you see, you saw him being that. Like, and that. By the way, that's what killed the scene was that he went Bleh, and then fucking. Oh yeah, Elmer kept coming out of his. Yeah, mouth. yeah. Like that, that was just goofy. Um, sure. I think it would have been good one time, but to do it over and over again. Yeah, like they did it four times over that scene. It's like Bleh. they got their mileage out of it. Right, and I don't know if that was just like, all right, well, we, we had to dumb it down for the audience that he's doing drugs, so I mean, let's just really nail it into their heads that this thing's in his mouth, and then he kisses her. Ah, there, that wraps it up nice. But yeah, as, as he's like staring across at the guy, the other guy has that same like sickly, dead-eyed look. I'm like, surely he's got it in the basket, right? Like, surely it's in the fucking basket. I could have written off the lady down the way. Um, because she just rolls her eyes, she does the fucking, like, ignoring everybody else on the subway thing. But yeah, I thought for sure that, like, he had another one in, in that basket, and that, like, they were all just gonna, like, oh, 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 we're just gonna share the brain. Tell me what the basket meant, was that, that wasn't it. You want me, you want me to tell you? Yeah, yeah. You, you think I have an answer? Yeah, sure. You think, you think that there's something in that movie that would, that I could tell you and be like, I remember this, and you'd be like, oh, damn, you're right, that is God, or like... Is that what you're thinking? I don't know. You always have something for this. So it's it's going to be that, or you're like, actually, in the book. Um, <laughs> actually, of course, the, the, the people in the production studio, they actually have a long history of, um, I don't know, bloodletting or something. That's where the leeches came from. It was like, no, he was yeah, he was hiding his sexuality in the box. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the little basket. Uh. But you you think I have like a little secret? Yeah, book? yeah, tell me. <laughs> No, no, no. It was just no. he just had a basket. Yeah. They're like, we can't just have two people on the train. Give one of them a basket with a lock on it. Yep. Cool. But uh, there is another movie called Basket Case, 
uh, that has almost the exact same basket and the exact same looking actor and the exact same everything. And there is a scene where that guy gets on a train and sits down with his basket. And there's a guy that sits across from him who looks almost exactly like our main character here. Is that so? so? Yeah, I think it's them sort of like having a little shout out. Hey, remember that other movie? This is, we're saying hi. Okay. Yeah. So, no, there's nothing in this film, and there's no book, and there's no... But there is another movie So where, this is just a, hey, if we sneak that in, that'll be fun, right? That'd be kind of cool, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, no, that's uh, fair. I'm, I'm uncertain, like, the actual history of it, whether or not the same people made that movie or, or what have well, you. Well, yeah, because we were talking about, like, this is the only film to come out of this production studio that was named after the film, or vice versa. But uh, that doesn't mean that the people didn't, like, close up shop and be like, okay, we're going to declare bankruptcy and start up. Basket Case Productions. <laughs> Let me make sure if it's the same guy. So Basket Case came out in 1982, and it is the same director. Uh, but the production company is... Basket Case? Basket Case Productions. <laughs> so this is this is his fucking MO right here. Is he's like, I'm going to make a production studio. What are you going to call it? I don't know. What movie are we making? Alien? We're going to call it Alien Productions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um... Good for him. That's, I mean, that's kind of the that's kind of the move, I suppose. It's <laughs> just you're like he he spent all his creativity on the movie, and he's like, "Well, all right, we got this production studio. We're gonna name the movie the same thing. We can't just keep making the same named movie. We're gonna make a new production what studio." A, what a galaxy brain move to name the like alien Aylmer and like explain that in the movie and everything, and then when he, they're like name the production studio for this company, like what's the what's the name of it? And he's like. Yeah, whatever the movie we're working on is, just <laughs> give it that name. Right. I've wasted all my good brain juice on this film. I'm not fucking giving any more to anything. The guy's else. like, so, so how you doing on the script? And he's like, well, I mean, I'm halfway through the 1800s, and I just they're like, no, no, no that was a bit. That, <laughs> that was a, that was for that's going to be on screen for all of a minute. <laughs> he's like, I don't know, just mention how we're high and doing drugs again. Right. Mention that for the fifth time. <laughs> how much time does that eat up? Well, in total, it's like 15 minutes of the movie, but each time you bring it up, it's like 10 seconds. Right. So. <laughs> oh, man. I think the most horrifying scene in the film for me is the, uh, the, when, when he takes the girl out behind, uh, the hell club. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're fooling around and like, so first of all, it's like, this is Aylmer attacking someone in a way that we have not seen him attack somebody yet. Sure. Like the only way we've seen him attack somebody is like straight to the dome. Right to the head. And, like, he jumps onto their head specifically. So we kind of, like, as you're watching it, you're sort of expecting that to happen. You know that there's the threat. You know that it's, like, right around the corner. And all the, like, dominoes are in place here. And then for it to happen that way and look that way, where it's just, like, Aylmer, like, thrusting into her mouth and, like, eating her brain through the roof of her mouth. Really just, like, unique to the film and a unique idea you don't see in other films and, like, this is sort of, like, the the ridiculous power of B-movies is shots like that where, like, this is, I, think, I guess this is where, like, B-movies get their, like, reputation as not being, like, artistically valuable. But, at least to me, that's so unique and so different than what we've seen, like, in other films, even if it is considered, like, lowbrow or, like, crass or whatever. It's at least different. And there's value in that. For sure. But that was, what jumped out with me for that scene was that was the moment where I was, like... B movie, like right here, it's B movie, because that—that's what it was. It's like, yeah, it was unique, but it felt more like, like much like the basket thing. It was like, hey, wouldn't that be cool? They were like, oh, you know, it'd be really sick if he's, if it's like she's gonna suck his dick, but it's a helper. 
Like, wouldn't that be wild? And it's like... And, and like, only, only in B-movies will you get a yes on it, on a thing like that. Yeah. You know that anytime there's a writer's room and they're, like, trying to figure out how to do a scene, somebody brings up some fuck shit like that, and everybody just kind of rolls their eyes, and, like, not that they don't think it'd be cool, but, like, you know we'll never get away with that. Oh, that's... We'd have to shut down the production company after this movie and make a new one. <laughs> and, then, and, and the guy that's directing this is like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely will. That, that was my plan before we got to the dick sucking scene. Uh, On scene one, <laughs> we were opening the door, and the guy's like, "Oh man, it was a hard day at work." I was like, "We're gonna scrap this production company and make a new one." <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, and then like, definitely called the called the frontal nudity. Like they only stuck it in there for however long. But I, I will say, like comparing the two, like of the two most sexual scenes in the movie. That one was less, yeah. That Way one was, less egregious, yeah. Like, it was a longer scene, I feel. Like, it felt longer, but, like, less happened in it. Yeah, and, and it's and it's less, like, like jaw-dropping. It's just kind of like, you can see a titty and there's, like, moaning going on, but, like, that's Like, it. the most half-hearted, but we need to get, um, God, what's her name? Lucille? We gotta get Lucille into that scene. Lucille like, St. Same, Peter. Same movie, except Lucille, like, just getting pounded and wailing. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't mention this, but we are standing. We are... We are 1,000% behind Lucille St. Peter, arguably the greatest actor ever, um, playing uh, the Martha character, the elderly woman who has initial control of uh, Aylmer and loses it. All of her acting in the film is just cranked up to fucking infinity, and she's just losing her shit, and it's just like, you can tell that the director said, like, hey, just go nuts, like, just go as high as you can, and everybody else is like, alright, within reason, though, and... Lucille St. Peter was like, he said as high as I can. That yeah. means reasons out the window. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd like to think that the director's like, all right, I know I said as, as well. <laughs> like, I'd like to think that there's a director's cut where she is fucking off the wall. The original, in the original cut of this, like, the original scene, they're like, all right, all three of you just go, like, as crazy as you can. Just, 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 no, all bets are off. And Lucille was like, okay. And it was, it was Martha, like her husband and their like daughter or something. And when she, when the director said, just go as nuts as you want, she just <laughs> snapped her daughter's head off and they were like, oh. <laughs> well, we definitely have to destroy this production company after this. Let's keep moving. They got footage of her somewhere just tearing the whole studio up. That's what it was. They were renting the building and. So, so, on the note of the, the, like, uh, Aylmer blowjob death scene is the best I can do to describe it. God, I'm just saying that cut right there. That Aylmer blowjob death scene. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a special sentence right there. Yeah, right. And, like, that's the, that's the thing, man. A lot of people do not respect the fact that movies are an art form where we should be able to do anything, but there are so many weird restrictions on them for no reason. And, like... There's arguments to be had for, like, well, technically there aren't any restrictions on them, really. You can basically do whatever you want, but, like... Well, we talked about that, where it's like, well, technically you don't have to get rated anywhere. It's like, that's that's correct. Yep. But you do. Yeah, if you want to be able to make money, you do. Certainly. And even this movie got a rated, rated R, but that could be... I was going to ask if they were unrated. I, uh, it could be that they were unrated on release, and then later got rated R for the purposes of being on streaming services. Right. Sometimes that's how it works out, where they're like, well... We're not just going to put it on here as unrated. We have to like give it something, and rated R is as close as we could have gotten here. Well, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure how that process goes down, but I cannot imagine this movie would have gotten a rated R given that in 1988 they were a lot stricter about like drug use and about like 
you know, uh, some some right. Distance. I would be surprised if this was actually picked. Like that's probably. I bet people sued the fucking production company or something. They're like, no, no, no. It was bad enough that you had heroin in there, like basically heroin, but full titties. Absolutely not. Full titties twice, and like a blowjob murder scene, and like there's like on screen gore and everything. Like it's not like trying to hide any of this shit. So I'm pretty sure it would have gotten an unrated or even a maybe. I think at the time they'd gotten rid of uh, the X rating by 1988. Maybe not. So it could have gotten an X. The thing that like shocked me about the uh, the blowjob death scene was that the girl keeps her eyes closed for almost all of it. Like, she is, like, going to go give this guy a blowjob. She sees the thing enter her mouth and, like, can feel it, like, ripping her inside of her mouth apart. And the whole time she's just closed her eyes. That is bizarre to me, because in, in my mind, as a like as a person who would like to direct a film, most of the emotion in that scene would come through in the eyes. I would try my hardest to, like, capture the, like terror in somebody's eyes as that's happening. Like, they're, like, searching with their eyes for a way to get out of this bad situation, but they just can't seem to find it. Well, I definitely think, like, that was either something that wasn't considered, or you know, maybe they were trying to keep the sensuality of the scene. They're like, no, 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 we, we still, we want this to be more blowjob than murder. Because, like, they definitely, like, we don't see Elmer as a slimy individual, typically, but he's, he's dripping slime in that scene. And there's, like, no blood until, like, halfway through the scene. So that's probably more it. But you also brought up, that like, the, the other scene in the bathroom where the guy's, like, clutching at his throat, even though Elmer's on his forehead or whatever. Yeah. So maybe, maybe like, they just didn't think about that. They're like, so you got this thing attached to your forehead, and they're like, no, yeah. no, up, up, whatever, it's fine. And the first guy clutched at it. And then even later, when the old people were getting attacked, they clutched at Elmer himself instead of just, like, their neck or, like... You know, like, the walls or whatever. Like, you you could argue that, like, maybe while Aylmer is attacking people, he's also, like, spraying that good-feeling stuff on them or something. Because that's right. how I would imagine one would do it. You that's would... what I thought it would uh, would be. Like, more, like, instead of an incentive to bring him out for murders, like, that's probably also to keep people from screaming. Yeah, keep people from screaming, keep people from, like, grasping at him or trying to push him off. and And also be very terrifying in that, like... These people are clearly, like, being attacked and killed, and the whole time they're just like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm having such a good time. All the pretty colors, oh my lord. And then, ah, dead. And that would be, like, cool and interesting and terrifying. Right. Because we don't have, like, a whole lot of that on, like, at least for, like, human day-to-day interactions where, like, hey, if you just start suddenly feeling really, really good, you could have a weird alien parasite attached to your forehead killing you. You know, we don't have a whole lot of stuff like that where it's like, it'll be killing you, but you'll feel really, really good the whole time. I also don't know if this is like a lot of like them trying to really make commentary on, on addiction and stuff like that. But for the, uh, the girlfriend and the brother, for their first noticing that something's going wrong with Brian is uh, always like negative things. It's like he's being wild and secretive and also like... He's acting sick all the time. And I'm sure there's like, well, I mean, I guess I don't know heroin that well, but like I know with other drugs, there's a period in the beginning where they're like, yeah, this is, uh, he's actually been better than ever. Like he's happy and he's, he's, uh, thrilled to be alive all the time. And then like, and then there was a decline. Like there wasn't, there wasn't an upside at any point. There was like a really big focus on negativity throughout the, uh, movie. The first scene where they like, He's like, I'm sick. I think I just need to lay in bed. Take my brother with you to go see the concert or whatever. And then they come back and she's like, I just want to check and see if he's okay before you take me home. She goes to the room and immediately as soon as she sees that he's not in bed, she's like, 
I guess I didn't need to worry. You know, I guess it's not that bad. I guess, mm. And I'm like, lady, like, he could be out of bed for any reason. He could be in the bathroom throwing up right now. Like, did you check the bathroom on, right. on your way up? Um, and, like, the brother immediately like, is just like, hey, he could have just stepped outside to grab something to eat. Right. And, like, or, God, even stepped down to the drugstore to grab some Pepto-Bismol or something. Right. Like, who's to say? Um, it's just weird to me that that's, like, the first initial reaction is just like, ooh, can't believe. I guess he's a piece of shit. Yeah, he's probably out banging another girl or doing drugs or... I don't know, whatever the fuck, doing not sick person shit. Right. I don't know. Um, I will say, uh, it is, it is interesting to me that like, uh, in the, in the, the rehabilitation scene where he's like trying to get over the, yeah, wean himself off. Yeah. It quickly devolves into like, I want you to beg for my juice. But earlier in the film, when he first latches onto him, the first like bit of the juice that he gives him basically is free. And then after that, he's like, just just take me for a walk. That's all I want. And then it becomes like, no, you need to kill for it. Um, but, like, I think that the, like, there's something there in that, like, it starts off very innocent and like, wow, this was easy to come by. And then, like, oh, I don't really have to pay that much for it. And then it becomes like, no, you have to pay everything for it now. This right. is, like, the greatest fucking sacrifice you'll have to make for anything. Uh, and that feels like a commentary on, like, how drugs can kind of do that to you. Well, yeah, that so that whole weaning scene, like, every part of that fe- felt good. Like, every every bit of that felt like a really smart take on the scene and all that shit. And then, yeah, so he's like, I want you to beg for it. It's like, yeah, so, like, he knows. And then, uh, you know, then he gets through weaning himself off, and then... He's almost like uh, Elmer's all nonchalant, and he's he's singing in the sink, and he's like, "Oh, hey Brian, I, di- I didn't see you there. Of course I'll help you. We're pals." Because because like that's pretty sinister to be like, "No, no, no, I I want to watch you bang for it." Like that's sinister. And then for him to get to the end, I, I thought it was going to be more of that, but for them to do that take where it's like, no, 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 like, Harold's your best friend, Brian. Like, this is the best thing in the world. So all of that. Like, that whole, like, that's the best scene in the movie for me, the whole rehabilitation scene. I do think, do you think that this movie is trying to say that drugs are bad or that, like, because, because, like, the way that it ends isn't, like, specifically, because he tries to kill himself and he can't. And then it just shows him with his, like, galaxy brain exploding into the omniverse or whatever. See, I really I really don't know about that ending. Like the ending is so strange that it, it doesn't it doesn't tie into the rest of the movie. Yeah. Like we we're not even fully sure that Elmer's an alien. Not it could it's very never well been be, mentioned. Yeah, naturally occurring the like oldest records of him are from like the 1200s. Right. And that's just like, you know, when people started writing shit down, so who knows. Yeah. I do think it's weird that they started to try to make, like, Aylmer seem kind of sympathetic, and then immediately turn to, I'm going to, like, make you beg for the thing that I can give you to make you feel, like, better. Right. There wasn't any point where it was, like, Aylmer's like, hey, no, eating animal brains specifically hurts me, and it I don't like it, and they kept doing it to me because they weren't strong enough to kill people, and, like, blah, blah, blah. There wasn't, like, an actual, like philosophical discourse or like anything on like it's okay to kill people because well even so they're like oh they, they were keeping like they didn't feed me people brains and all that stuff we, he keeps bringing it up it's like oh he ate you know just a little while ago but he'll be hungry soon and he's like it makes it it makes it feel like he has to eat near constantly but then the opposite is true in the hotel scene where he's like we'll see who cracks first like almost like he doesn't need to eat uh, nearly as much as they're making, because like even in the the first scene, they bring he brings home a whole package full of brains, as if like yeah, this is what he'll eat tonight. Because they plated up just one brain, 
So it's clearly like we're going to hold on to this for some amount of time and then feed them one at a time or whatever. Right. Um, as as to how like frequently that would be that they would feed them one at a time, it's unclear. Well, right. I mean, we don't know if it's like one an hour or if it's yeah. like one tonight. But like at one point, he gorges himself on uh, two brains, and right there at the end of the movie, rapid eats, succession. Yeah, he eats both old people. But that, but then the hotel scene where we don't know how long he was there. He could have been there minutes because like addiction probably feels that way. Or like you said, it, it could have been months. But I'm gonna assume he wasn't eating brains that whole time that they were they were in there. And if he's willing to leverage that and be like. Not even, like, try to bargain. Maybe he didn't have... Maybe he just does it for fun. Does it for kicks. Yeah, there's 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 something there, and I'm not exactly, like, 100% sure on it. I do think that uh, the, the, the ambiguity of it, a lot of the times, is sort of the downfall. It would be a lot better if they had said, like, this is why, and this is how it works, and this is, you know... Maybe not. A lot of my, my complaints for movies is, like, they over-explain stuff that doesn't need to be explained. Right, we didn't really need a backstory for Aylmer, like... We've t- you've talked before about um you know doing doing prequels more often and stuff is is there like a whole lot to be gained by having a, a prequel Elmer in this situation where it's like yeah I came from another planet or I evolved alongside humans and I mean I really would like to see him going through the fucking ages that I think that would be a cool movie I don't know if any of that would benefit from more explanation of Elmer and his physiology. So I, I think the I'm not interested so much in his history or his physiology, but just like how does his eating work? Because the inconsistencies we pointed out up to this point are somewhat confusing. And does he have contempt for humans, or is this just like a hey, I'm an animal and I have to eat, and like we should be respectful to like what is his philosophy behind why this is acceptable to do? Especially seeing how, as how he seems to be very much a like on par with, if not more, intelligent than humans, like, intellect. So, like, is he just okay with killing people? Or does he have, like, an explanation for, like, no, it's okay because... And that's the kind of thing I would like to explore more in this film. Not so much necessarily, like, this is where he comes from, even though that was kind of neat. And it's and it was good in the scene, too, because it did kind of, like, further that feeling of, like, there's a crazy man, like, just rattling off nonsense at me right, right. now. So that was, like, well-placed and good, and it didn't take up a ton of time either, so it felt good. So I'm not, I'm not terribly interested in those kinds of things. I think it might have been better to just, ex- like, cut that portion of the film and extend the portion of the film that's, like... That explains why, at least through pure self-preservation, he hasn't learned over the ages to eat calf brains or whatever. Yeah. Like, what if they explain that away like that, though? It's like, yeah, and for a while I was in Mexico, I tried eating goats, and uh, that's where the chupacabra came from, and who knows? Yeah, there there, there, there are some cool things here, but, like, and they could have fitted into the, uh, the, the rehab scene, where he's trying to, like, rehabilitate himself and wean himself off of Aylmer, and Aylmer explains, like, no, this is... Because, like, it's... It, Aylmer's so quick They could have to... replaced the song. Like, or maybe not even replaced, but just like extended the portion where he's like, basically where he's saying like, hey, he, he basically like is full on willing to ex- explain everything that happened on the nights that uh, Brian can't remember. Brian's like, I can't remember what happened on those nights. And he's like, oh, you don't remember at all? Well, and then, then he just I explains. Eating, I was eating brains. And he's like, what about that other night? Also brains. Yeah. So there's are, some... are they dead? <laughs> are they dead? Well, of course they're dead. <laughs> I ate their brains, Brian. They're dead. They're so dead. Yeah. I think that... Oh, and I also didn't like the line where he eats the, the black uh, guardsman and he's like, a little little overdone. Or he says, a little underdone or whatever. 
he's like mocking the man's the taste of his brains, which would effectively amount to like he's stupid or his brain's not good or whatever. Right. And it's like, c- come on, man, you didn't need to do that. That was unnecessary. And he doesn't do it for any other brains. He doesn't really like bitch about like these old people's brains feel like they've been in the in the microwave for too long. Right. You know what I mean, Brian? Like he could have had that line. But he didn't. I, I do think that, like, there are times where they could have gone full goofy. Because, like, the first time the first time we see the guy, and it's like, I see the mouth moving, and I'm like, that's cool. And I didn't even notice the eyes, because he's really small in that shot. I didn't notice them until they had animated the eyebrow waggle. And I was like, they did that. They decided to do that. I think the eyebrows were a great choice. Like, his eyes look kind of whatever whenever he's not engaging the eyebrows. But whenever he's engaging the eyebrows, it's like, damn, this thing's, like, got emotions and feelings right. and shit. <laughs> But yeah, I think if they just put it in there, in between, like, the, hey, I'll explain everything to you, I'm not holding any secrets from you, I just did this to, like, I didn't want you to feel bad, and most people feel bad about these kinds of things, so I kind of have the ability to erase that from your memory, but I'll tell you what happened. And then after that, explaining, like, hey, this is why, like, I do hey, what I do. Ju- this is just what I have to do, or, or, or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, well, I don't see people as, like, you see them as your humankind, as, like, your brothers in species, basically. But I don't see them that way. I'm not a human. You know, it'd be the same thing as, like, a, a lion eating a zebra. It's not, like, there's I, there's no kinship here. I wonder if that would have just raised more questions as to why he's a symbiotic with one person at a time. Yeah, and that could have been explained a little bit better, too. Maybe he's, like... I don't have any kinship for humans, but it's not as if, like, I can have good conversations with squirrels or whatever, you know, like... Or even, like, uh, when he talks about changing his chemistry, it's like, that takes effort, Brian. Like, I can't just do that again. Like... Yeah, I, uh, I, I... Yeah, they're, 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 it, it feels close to being really, 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 really good, and I love the movie, and I think it's so much fun, and I think it's very, like... I think it's super focused on its commentary instead of, like, its own sake. So, like, maybe that's why they didn't do it. They're like, no, 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 if we spend too much time explaining, like, that he's an alien or that this is how this works or that, then we get away from the fact that he's a drug slug. Drug slug, that's the perfect... That's the new production company. You are dropping it like (laughs) it's hot out here, man. (laughs) If we ever make, like, a shitty, like, C-movie version of this It's gonna be drug slug. Drug slug. Drug slug productions. (laughs) Let's go make that movie in our backyard right now. I've already already got the Aylmer voice down. Like, we're we're ready. (laughs) We just gotta track down, like, a a new age uh, Lucille. Lucille St. Peter. We'll never find an actress that good, though. She was so good in this movie. It's frustrating me that she didn't do any other acting. Right. Like, even voice acting or something like that. It's like, oh, yeah, she does the Wilhelm scream or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. She plays Baba Yaga in every film that has a Baba Yaga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That That's all. I guess that's my one complaint about the movie is that it's like, it leans so heavily on it that it wasn't even like, oh, that was a smart thing they did there. Like, when, uh, when they have him stumbling into the alley and it's like... The homeless man crying into his bottle. I thought that that was such good, like, juxtaposition-style metaphor. Like, whenever you place one thing next to another thing, right. and you're supposed to think about them comparing them to like, each other. I just thought it was, like, really dumb. No, like, no, that, it, that's all. If it was just that. Like, if it wasn't the constant lines of, like, I'm high, or, like, I, I do drug, whatever, you know. Like, if that was the only thing they did to really lay it out. it was just visuals, I think it would have been so no, well that, done. No, that would have been great. But, like, by the time we've already, like, had... You know, six different iterations of, we're just getting high, buddy. Like, over and over and over. And then, homeless man crying into a bottle. Like, yeah, that was weird. Like, this is tragic addiction. Not just normal addiction. 
but sad addiction. Not only does he have... He, so he has the alcohol. I don't know why he's, like, crying into it. I, I I worry for... Like, I guess the thing you're supposed to think is, like, what did he have to do to get that alcohol? And that's kind of what they're trying to make you think about with or like what, Brian. Like, where he's gotten to in his life. You know, like, maybe he's got a family. He's like, man, if I, if I just didn't become a homeless, drunk bum, then I'd, I'd still be able to see my kids. Or, well, like, whatever the fuck's going on in his head. But, yeah, I mean, clearly they're just trying to be like, look at how tragic this is. He just stumbled away from his date because of drugs. Just like the homeless man. I will say the, the brains and the meatballs, like, scene. The, the breathing brains? Really good. Yeah. Really, really good. Like, I I had forgotten about that completely watching this film, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, man, this is great. Wow. I, I, I wanted to see more wild, over-the-top animations, because every time, like, whenever it's like, ah, oh, juice me, and, uh, and then it's just like, the cars light up, or or they do the uh, stereotropic thing, or, or whatever the fuck it is. And then we get to the very end of the movie, basically, where he looks at his popcorn ceiling, and then they do the Millennium Falcon warp thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you could have done that. You could you could have done that the whole time. If you didn't blow your fucking budget on lightning. So there is a lot to be said for how clear this movie like suffered from budgetary issues, where they just sort of reuse a lot of like different shots and reuse a lot of I, different I don't scenes. Think they reused that lightning. I don't think they did. They reused the uh, the scene where Aylmer opens his mouth. They d- every they time re- every it was the same time, thing, the exact same thing. They use that, and I think that like at least with that, you have to like recognize that like they're reusing this, and it means that they probably reused other stuff too. Probably, I, I do think all of their budget went to lightning. Must have been all that fucking sick ass lightning. It was all the lightning. Mm-hmm. The movie like starts on lightning, ends on lightning. I think the movie was just a commentary on lightning. That's all it is. Just there to talk about lightning. It's riveting, like drugs almost, but like more like lightning. More like lightning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do think that that was like one of the weird things that the movie was trying to say was like, hey, if you do drugs, it will actively like change your brain chemistry and. Like, I mean, this was the 80s. Were we already in the war on drugs? Like, I know we were demonizing marijuana probably, like, that early. Yeah. Which, which I'm not saying that, like, drugs don't change your brain chemistry, but, like, the movie does sort of, like, play it up a lot. Yeah, it's, I mean, maybe they just didn't understand it as much then, where it's like, no, 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 you're just, you're feeding these receptors, and then they need more receptors, and it's like, no, no, it, it fires different neurons in there. Yeah. Like, you're no longer using neurons. It's just popcorn in there. Just firing popcorn balls now. You're not you when you're on heroin. Which, I mean, fair enough movie. I got to give you that. I can't say that most people are the same person off heroin as they are on it. I mean, hyperbole hyperbole is a way to describe the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, You can can certainly take it to the extreme and and, and get there. I think that uh, the the movie's very interesting. We're going to have to watch Basket Case, apparently, so you can see the scene I'm talking about, and you'll be like, Oh, there it is! Oh, fuck! But uh, there's going to be him talking to somebody beside him and in the background he'll be like, Yo, what's that guy with the shit coming out of his mouth? And they're just making out on the subway? Damn. Yeah, uh, with no context at all. I think seeing Aylmer come out of his mouth would be like, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I, uh, 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 I guess that's the, the end of today's episode. Uh, thank you so much, Brain Damage, for being a stellar movie. Really held up, too. Like, a movie from 1988 and it looked good and it was a very cheap movie to make, so... You know, I, no, I, I, I like it. I like that style of uh, animation in movies. Like, I was excited to see stuff like that. It, like, reminds me of Page Master or something like that. Yeah, just uh just a just a pleasure. What a good time. Yeah, that's about it.